In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm not alone again. Two days on the trot. I'm joined with the man, the myth, the legend, Ian Right, right, right. Listen, Jack, when you put up that white smoke for the edge room, baby, it was time. I had to come out of hiding. We had to talk about the defensive edges because I banged on the table. I banged on the table. I broke the table. I had to go to Costco and buy a new table. That's how much I was banging on the table that we get some depth in this defensive edge room. And we didn't do it. And now we're, we're, uh, we're lowering our standards, you know, cause miles is so good. This is the problem is, is, you know, our threshold for quality is very high with Garrett. And then we have a lot of guys coming up the rear. Yeah. It's, it's almost a shame that edge room isn't a position where you start and play hundred percent, like your offensive tackle or something like that, because if it was the Browns edge room would be phenomenal. Elite. Um, but it's one where you you have to have four guys, and we have one and a half uh, because Clowney is only available half the time. So that's one where you need to just have so many bodies. And you look at someone like Philly, who they always do it right. They have so many options, not just on the interior, but uh, the edge as well. And they can just constantly get pressure. And it, it's not about spending massive, massive assets. You've got that. You've got that in miles. You just need to have more options around him. And um, this is the perfect time to jump in and discuss that. Yeah. And we've noticed this trend in the league edges. I mean, we talked about miles being up there in kind of that 60% range with snaps. We've noticed that these primary edges, it's coming a little closer to 50. Now, anytime you're watching these big pass rushers, it's about 50%. Now, to your point, some of these teams have a lot more depth, right? Um, I was actually shocked that Jerry Hughes didn't get moved at the deadline. I thought a team would go out and pick him up. I know if bagged on him about his age, but you know he's been productive for a bad team, so this year is going to be kind of wasted for him. But yeah, we've seen it now. Your, your star rushers are moving down below that 60% threshold, which means that your DN threes and fours, their snaps are moving up. Yeah, and it's really interesting to note because it, it, so much develops on the game. So a couple of the early Browns games in the season, it was we were getting three and outs against the other team. And then Miles was out there for lots. And then we see other games where it's long drives. And hey, Miles then needs more rest time because you can't sustain that drive. Whereas if it's, hey, it's six to eight snaps and they're punting or they've scored, then it's easier to get that number up. So that is obviously a factor that involves that. And you have to have the depth. Because if a team puts a slow, long drive together, you can't be like, oh, we've got no edges um, for the red zone because you've gassed everyone over the last 60 yards that the other teams traveled. Yeah, and I think with some of these divisional games, you know, we just saw obviously in the Cincinnati game before the bye week, the Browns style of how they want these edges to play. We want to get them in, you know, the other teams in a trailing position where we can pin our ears back and we can send an Isaiah Thomas out. We can send an Isaac Rochelle out. We can send, you know, all these guys in, get a snap, get a rush, get a snap, get a rush. Because to your point, if miles Garrett's been out there for six, six, six straight snaps, is he going to be as quick as maybe say like Isaiah Thomas, who's 
sat on his, you know, on the bench for the last six snaps. You know, it's one of those things where if I can just kind of figure out how to keep these guys, I mean, in the old video games, you used to try to figure out how to keep your turbo above 80%. And that's kind of the idea is you want to make sure these guys still have over 80% in their tank because they want to be able to hit that turbo when it's third and 11, come around the edge and swap that ball out of that quarterback's hand. Yeah. So let's jump into the room. Miles Garrett, he's going to be here one in the world. long term, job done. Um, and it's not like he's even anywhere near the end of his contract. This is this year one, one of his rookie deal, of his um, second contract. Extension. So he, he's got four more years after this. So on to the next one. Buy his jersey, Brown Sands. Yeah, it's, it's the safest one you can buy. jersey you've got. Um, then we look at Clowney. And this, this is an interesting one, actually, because, hey, I wasn't a fan of bringing Clowney back. I wanted, whether it was your Melvin Ingram, your Okoronkwa, your Jerry Hughes, I wanted a pairing. But it will come to the next two names we touch on, that if you're there, let's actually jump to the, the next two names, and then we'll come back to Clowney. So you've got Alex Wright and you've got Thomas. And the funny thing is, we've seen more of a flash out of Thomas Wright's been playing more snaps, but we get more of a flash out of Thomas. If across the end of the season, they can cement themselves as three and four in whichever order and the front office and coaching staff won't care that if Isaiah Thomas is better than Wright, he'll play. We've seen it with Schwartz and DPJ. They just want success. They don't care where you were drafted. That if they cement themselves as the rotation and they feel really good about three and four, it changes that whole question of what they do at the starter opposite miles. I don't think we're going to get to the end of the season and they feel confident with Isaiah Thomas all right being a starter in 2023. You know, when I watch him play and because I had to go back and watch Isaiah Thomas, because like I said, there was a couple times where we thought that the person coming off the edge wasn't who he thought it was. I almost wonder if when we look at Garrett, we look at Clowney, we look at guys with two completely different skill sets. I mean, that's just what it is. I think Isaiah Thomas, this, you know, our seventh round pick out of Oklahoma, he's a little bit more on that speed rusher bender side, right? So if I'm assigning apprentices, I take him and I move him under the Miles Garrett side and say, here's your apprentice. Alex Wright, though, he plays physical at the line. He doesn't quite have the penetration ability yet. But Jack, remember, this guy's what, 21? He's a kid. He's very young. Okay, so you're talking about a guy who in college relied a lot on his strength to get those tackle for losses. At 21 years old, I hate to break the news to you guys, you're not as strong as a 25-year-old grown man that's out there in the NFL playing offensive line. But However, what I see from Alex Wright is an ability to move along the line, whether they move him inside, they move him outside. I see his long arm get into holes to make better run stops. This is a little bit more of the Jadavian Clowney mold. You know, Jadavian Clowney didn't have a strength or a speed issue. The problem he had in college is he really only needed one move out of South Carolina, and that was the bull rush. So he's never really evolved the secondary pass game to be a primary edge rusher. That's why he's been so dominant in that secondary Robin, so to say, to a Batman type of role. So if I'm in that room, I'm saying, hey, Alex Wright, you want to be the type of player right now that Jadavian Clowney is you want to be setting that edge you want to use those long arms i mean this guy's built like a pterodactyl i'm telling you he extends his arms out jack and he can cover that wide to make sure so if you're the browns and you put him out there on the edge i i would be very safe to say he's going to set that edge that's what he needs to learn to do whereas if i'm isaiah thomas 
in those third and longs and stuff, I start maybe building him in. He's a little bit more of a developed, if I'm not mistaken, he was a senior. Um, so I think he's like 22 or 23, which is a little bit older. And listen, say what you want about age that matters in terms of two, three years of functional strength. So I think he just right now is more developed in terms of his ability to get to the pass rusher, where I think Alex Wright has a more of an ability to kind of scrape and make sure he's setting the edge and be a little bit more of a factor in the run, which we've seen flashes out of him making some tackle for losses, grabbing running backs as they're going. So I think right now that's kind of the molds I see him fitting in. Yeah. And it's one where I I think it's a really good spot of saying that that's the backup to those two almost, but I've been sort of before the last couple of games where we saw some promise from um, Thomas of, oh, we, we'll need a couple of edges to replace Clowney. But now I'm more of the mindset that I could see Clowney come back now. I think his price will come down. And if we're talking about, say, six and a half mil, seven mil rather than 10, that they could easily see that and go, we're fine with this. Let's uh, just roll with it this year and um, we will deal with the consequences of, hey, if he goes down, then we can elevate one of these two guys up to start. So don't be surprised if they sit on this and bring him back. His market's going to shrink. Injuries, that's going to be an impact. There might not be as many names out there in free agency. So what would you say now to a clowny comeback at six and a half mil for another one-year deal? I have no issue with Clowney, right? I think Clowney plays a pretty integral part in what this defensive line, you know, when we, we talk about that man over concept, like he does his job pretty well. I think right now he's battling that ankle injury. He just doesn't look like he has that explosive first step. So I'm not really too worried about this little segment of games where he seems to be less effective in terms of getting the passer. I think this bye week is going to do wonders for him. But if I'm going to move him into that 6 million, Jack, I need somebody youthful. I need, he's now my edge three then, right? It's not, I'm not ranking him in terms of salary. I'm saying I need a guy with a higher upside in terms of he's not in that backside of his career. So if that's the case and you go tell me, we're going to go get, you know, uh, a pass rusher in the second round or, and listen, I'm still not convinced that Barry is just going to sit idly and not try to move completely around the board with his draft picks because we all know that this man celebrates Christmas on NFL draft day like we do. And he's not a GM that's going to be sitting around with all four or five picks and that's it. He's going to take one pick and turn it into two picks and two picks and move them up. And we, we know he's going to do this. That's just his style. There are teams right now that are very willing in terms of a buyer's market to give up capital. So now you're, you're flooding certain teams with extra picks. I think Barry's going to take advantage of that. But Jack, if you're going to move him to the $6 million, I have no problem bringing him back, but then I need somebody younger it's going to be a more dynamic pass rusher in that edge two spot. Yeah. So I don't think that would be the end of them adding more players. I, I spoke when we did wide receivers that I've got a strong feeling that that first pick is a wide receiver um, in the second round. I think the, the, the three that I'm looking at is wide receiver is edge and it's offensive tackle. They're my three biggest priorities in the draft because the draft's about eight years. The draft's not about just the the single season, whereas people panic about defensive tackle and other spots. So it's one, let's bring back Clowney, 
and then you feel good about all four, but you don't stop getting better. And then whether it's a third or fourth round pick, go out, add another one, and let's uh, jump forward and, and keep adding more and more players because then you sat here it, going into the 2024 offseason going, hey, we've got Miles. Solomon Thomas is looking really good. Wright's looking really good. And then this young player is hopefully great too. And also remember, I, I know that sometimes we bang on the drums about these first round picks and stuff, but I mean, just from a pass rushing standpoint, I think we looked at it earlier in the week. You know, when we look at rookie pass rushers, right? I think Isaiah Thomas is the eighth ranked rookie pass rusher. Aiden Hutchinson, number two pick in the draft, sixth ranked edge rusher. Um, Ebba Keddy is the fourth ranked. He's later in the first. Jermaine Johnson, unlimited snaps is up there. But you talk to some of those guys. Remember the Trayvon Walker, the number one pick in the draft. Um, Isaiah Thomas is rated higher than him. Kayvon Thibodeau, Isaiah Thomas is rated high. Now, Thibodeau's played 200 snaps and Isaiah Thomas has played 95. So, you know, there is a little bit of, but when you're out there, they're trying to get these guys reps. They're not producing. I mean, Trayvon Walker, I think he has three sacks as the number one pick so far. That's not terrible, but in the same sense, when I look at it and say Aiden Hutchinson has five, okay, it's like, well, how are these guys going to go? you can find some depth later in the draft with some of these guys to get instant impact, especially when they're running second fiddle to Miles Garrett. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really, really nice room where it's Miles. It's one free agent. We threw Clowney's name out there. I don't think it's the big free agent. I think it's a one-year deal and they look to bring somebody in and Clowney makes some sense. Have the two developmental guys and then keep adding more and more pass rush. Can never have enough. So whether it's a third, fourth round pick, even if it's a fifth, keep adding more guys to allow them to develop and just keep getting after the quarterback. More and more depth. And uh, let's, let's give whoever that quarterback is that we're going after fits. I'm all for that. We've got to get this pass rush. We've got to get more. Look what it did to Burrow. Right. This is the kicking off the offense, uh, defensive side of the ball. We'll be back tomorrow with defensive tackles. As always, go back. Go back.